and welcome back to another episode of Auntie Please, where we are everything we want to be, nothing you want us to be, and so much more. I'm Shia, and with me is... Lama! And today, we're going to be talking about self-sabotage. I think there's a bit of a lag. <laughs> Woo! I know, there probably will be, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so self-sabotage. Um, and the reason why we're talking about this is because I do it all the damn time. And I'm pretty sick and tired of it. I don't know if doing this episode will change that. But I just thought it'd be an interesting <laughs> conversation to have with Lama. Because um, I feel like it's something that mm-hmm. we all do. Um, and, like everyone does it, you know, in some way, shape or form. Like we all do it. And so I guess we should start with definitions. So self-sabotage is yeah. when you do or don't do something that you know is good for you. But then you just do it anyway. Um, so that could... You mean it's bad for yeah, you? Yeah, like... Wait, what? You mean you do or don't do something that's bad for you? Yeah, what did I say? Right? You said something that's good for you. <laughs> oh, fuck. I actually... <laughs> okay, self-sabotage is doing or not... Wait, no, it's doing something that's bad for you that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you do it anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that can look like procrastinating, avoiding, um, you're not getting enough, not making sure you get enough sleep. It could look like, um, negative self-talk, um, irrational thinking. It can also look like, what else? It can look like putting off, um, not putting off, that's procrastinating, but it can also look like, not doing things that would benefit you in the long term. So that's things around like your health, for example, or like your finances even. Um, I feel like for me personally, like things around my health is like the biggest <laughs> one for me. Um, but we'll get, we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, or like even, um, for example, like, if you're the kind of person who always complains about being alone and, you know, not having anyone to talk to or not having a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but at the same time, you're not making any effort to make that happen for you. Like, you're not actually going out dating, you're not actually trying in any way, but you complain about it, you know? So it's like, how are you going to get there when you're not actually doing anything? Um, yeah, that's what mm. self-sabotage is. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you're feeling very attacked right now. <laughs> um, I asked. I, I know. I, I just know. I'm. This whole episode is like calling ourselves out. Really. <laughs> I know because I've fully done things. So like, I, I'm pretty sure I've gone through a phase where like things were self-destructive for myself, but I wasn't like aware that it was. But I'd still do them anyway. And then mm-hmm. now I have reached a point where I mostly can clearly tell what are self-destructive behaviors and I still go through with them anyway, which I feel like is what a lot of people reach a point of. And it's just getting to that point of like, how do you like stop those behaviors from happening before? So I asked some people. Yeah. I put the question on my Instagram story and just like, um, wanted to see what people would respond to. And my God, people are so funny. So, but they, but they all also like, <laughs> some of them are like really funny and some of them are like, wow, yeah, for real. That's, I, yep, mm-hmm, just attack me like that. So one of them was like, um, 
<laughs> one of them was like, nap now, do it later. That's the thing, last minute, regrets, repeats anyway. <laughs> was this my whole uni life? <laughs> um, and then we've got people that procrastinate, that cancel plans, um, sleeping late. We've got binge eating, starving, pushing boundaries with life-changing deadlines, overeating. Um, <laughs> people, we have not the greatest relationship with our food sometimes, I swear. Um, and then you've got the overthinkers. You've got overthinking. It's dangerous because you believe it's logical, but it's not. And then the fear of failure or something yeah. not being perfect, so they just don't try it. And, um, of course, we've got the lactose intolerant hoes. So the ones that be having the ice cream and the milkshakes and the cheese and wine and then suffering later. I feel like lactose intolerant people are, like, the number one most self-destructive people to exist. Like, fully, you know? But I don't blame them, though. Like, like, like you know, we were saying before, like, if we found out that we were, like, lactose intolerant, like, we'd probably just do it anyway. Oh, so, like, 100%. I get it. I'm not giving them shit for it. I'm just like, <laughs> I identify with this. I Because uh, cause I had a parasite, right? Like two, well, two years ago now, maybe like a year and a half if you do it timeline-wise. But like it was in 2019 after I went to India. And I am like really good normally with Indian food. Like it doesn't really affect my stomach that much. You know, like when you get like the like chaivala or like the pani puri from the street and That's stuff. That's a flex. It's a flex, bro. It was a great flex. And then... That that year when I went to India, I don't know what the heck I ate, what the hell happened. Like, till this day, I still don't know what it was. Like, I don't know what was in my body that caused it, but I was just suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't hold down food and, like, literally all that came out of me was just liquid. <laughs> it was, like, nothing solid. Yeah. And it was horrifying because I just felt constantly weak and I would wake up... Is my man's talking to someone on the phone while I'm recording. <laughs> go, go beat him up. <laughs> I think he is, but whatever. If he's in the background, I'll fight him <laughs> later. But yeah, and I just like, I I would wake up in the middle of the night in like, like horrible pains. I'd have to curl up mm-hmm. and then I would have to go to the bathroom, but nothing would come out. Like it was just horrible and it went on for like a good month and a half and after that my stomach has never been the same since like it's just been effed up and like dairy makes my stomach feel weird now it's always fine with dairy even like almond milk also makes it weird sometimes if i have too much of it so it's just not fun but do i still not have my vanilla hagendas ice cream no do i still avoid the milkshake no but so I get it and I get and I'm not even at the point where it's like horrifying every time. It was just that one time. Now my stomach just feels weird. Mm. But yeah, that I feel like that's a very common self-destructive behavior yeah. when it comes to food. Have you tried oat milk? No, I have not. Actually, one of my friends has been like telling me to try oat milk, but I have not tried oat milk. Have you? Is it good? It's. Um, it's good in my coffee, but I I wouldn't drink it on its own. I wouldn't drink it, um, in my cereal or something. But in coffee, yeah, it's not too bad. I actually kind of like it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of people like recommend oat milk and like it's the new craze. I know. It's like ooh, try oat it's milk. The new craze. And it's like ew, I'm like it looks I. Nasty. I- 
I'm horrible, dude. I'm just like, okay, but it don't taste as creamy and nice as normal. Not normal, yeah. but cow's milk. And I'm just like, I can't. I try almond milk and it tastes like diluted milk with like water. Mm, and literally. I'm like, I'm <laughs> it doesn't look right. So, yeah. Nah, nah. I'm not into it, yeah. you know. But Shaya, tell us, what, what, what are some of your <laughs> self-destructive behaviors? I was, I was gonna ask you, but okay, fine. It's okay. We'll go with you <laughs> first. Um, well, I have a whole list of them, but I'll just stick to the more common, common ones and the ones that I'm at least the most aware of. Mm-hmm. One of them would be like, um, with my health and how, like, you know, with things like healthy eating and like regular exercise and stuff, like, there'll literally be moments where, like, I, well, I'm so aware, like, oh, like, I have the time. I could, like, so easily do this right now. Like, the weather's great. Like, I could just go for, not even, like, a jog, just for a walk, get some fresh air and chill. Mm-hmm. And I just don't do it. And I just stay at home and Netflix instead. And then I end up feeling like yeah. shit because I knew I had the opportunity, especially when I have the time and I don't do it. That's when I feel the worst. Um, another thing for me is cooking. Okay, cooking is, like, one of my bigger ones I would say it's like my number two um way I self-sabotage so like and I get this all the time people are always like do you cook do you cook I'm like I can cook but I just don't (laughs) and you'd think that after living four and a half years in Melbourne that I would have you know been pretty good at like cooking food for myself and like doing it on the regular but like no that didn't make any difference at all being away from home like didn't like do that for me I would just mostly eat out and I still eat out here even though I'm home but, like, there's no one here to cook for me, so, like, I have to cook myself anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, but when you really think about it, like, when you cook food for yourself, it does so many great things for you, right? Like, you're saving money, you know what you're putting into your body, odds are that the food that you're putting in your body is healthy. Um, also, the act of cooking is a form of mindfulness for me. Like, in the rare occasions where I do cook, I actually do... For the most of it, enjoy cooking and the process of cooking and, you know, just like not really focusing on anything else but the cooking. And so it's got all these benefits, right? But mm. yet, I don't do it. Um, And also, I don't have to think about like food if I'm meal prepping because the next few meals are like sorted out for me, right? But no, I still just don't do that. And I make life harder for me and then I end up wasting a lot of money on grab food. So yeah, number two, yeah, self-sabotage. My number one way, which is my favorite way I self-sabotage, and um, it's, so it's, it starts from, like, my fear of success, which is, like, really weird, because I have this fear of, like, doing well and, like, achieving things, and I posted it on my Insta story somewhat recently, and my cousin replied to it, and she was like, imposter syndrome, and I was like, mm, attacked, attacked, I just felt so attacked, but I was like... <laughs> So true at the same time, like, it was quite spot on, and it's kind of one of those things where, like, you low-key kind of know what it is on the inside, but you just, you've just, like, never truly acknowledged it, um, and, and yeah, so that, and that happened, like, quite recently for me, and, like, so I've always kind of known that I had a little bit of imposter syndrome, but I think now that I actually am working, and, um, you know, even, like, with the podcast and stuff, like, I definitely do feel like I am feeling it a bit more. And I guess, 
having imposter syndrome is a form of self-sabotage because you're telling yourself that you are a fraud or, you know, you're doubting yourself and you're having that, like, negative self-talk where you're saying, like, I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough, I'm not capable enough. And mm-hmm. and um, so when you talk about self-sabotage, right, there's always um, a background story to it. Like, there's always a, an origin story to, like, how you first started self-sabotaging. And... And just like any other thing that explains why we are the way we are today, a lot of it can be traced back to your childhood and like your early developmental years um, or even like your teenage years, right? And mm-hmm. so for me, with my fear of success, I think, I think, okay, this is like me doing my own self-reflecting and I'm assuming that it stems from like my high school years or even like my primary school years as well, where... Mm-hmm. I just always felt like I was an average student and my friendship circle, like, all of them were, like, really fucking smart. Um, And they would all typically do a lot better than I would in exams. But I wasn't a bad student either. So that's why I'm just, like, a very average student because I didn't do badly, but I didn't do good enough as well compared to my peers. And, And... But then, like... But then these guys were all part of my friendship group. So I always felt like I was like the last, um, like the last one. Like I was just, like I just about made it. Like I was just about, just about good enough. Um, but, but yeah, average is what I would always call myself. And I feel like that kind of like stuck with me. And because of that, even though I aspire for greatness I aspire for excellence and like you know being really successful and like doing all these really great things with my life but somehow I always self-sabotage or by like not taking certain opportunities or not taking the necessary steps towards that direction Mm -hmm. because in my head I'm trying to keep myself in that averageness because that's what's comfortable for me and that's what's familiar for me because that's what happened when I was growing up and and just in general about like how these things form it's like it starts from so like coming back to like those early developmental years right where say like for example like in other examples you know like you um grew up in a toxic environment or you grew up in an abusive environment or just generally an unstable environment and Sometimes it doesn't have to be to that extent, but just an environment where um, it's maybe not as comfortable or not as, um, not how it should be in some way, shape or form. And because of that, you identify, like how you see yourself and the world and the people around you, you identify with that um, that sense of toxic toxicity, toxic, okay, you know what I mean? I'm not going to try harder, um, <laughs> or that you identify with that sense of unstableness, instability. Sorry, English is hard, guys. Like, I actually can't. But, <laughs> or you identify with that abusive kind of situation, right? And so, when you do that, mm-hmm. when you grow up, when you're an adult, and when you're older, say that like, you find yourself in a healthy, loving relationship 
But growing up, all the relationships that you had were typically toxic. But once you're in this healthy relationship, and it's supposed to be all great and like sunshine and rainbows, right? But your body doesn't know how to react to that because your body's not used to that. It's unfamiliar to this healthiness and this happiness and everything. And so you then start to self-sabotage and do the things that would get you back into that more familiar pattern, into that more familiar place. And so like, mm-hmm. say like, say it's the example is um, with like relationships. So growing up with toxic relationships and then you're in a healthy, happy relationship and then you do things where like you, for example, you start picking fights or you mm-hmm. start finding fault or trying to find conflict when it's just really unnecessary because you're trying to create mm-hmm. that unstable environment that brings you back to what you actually know how to handle. And yeah. yeah, and it takes a lot of work to like overcome that and like probably therapy if you have access to that. But yeah, and it's always um, it's always easier said than done because like with me in terms of like, my fear of success or like my cooking or like health habits it's like I always find myself in this situation okay with cooking for example like I would literally have the ingredients already in my kitchen it's like in my in my fridge and I just wouldn't like cook them and the ingredients just like eventually go to waste and I have to like chuck it out you know when it's all like right there like so close just that one more step of actually cooking it and like doing the prep and like cooking it and I don't do it, you know? And so it's also about being able to catch yourself in that moment and be like, hold on, wait a second. If I just do this right now, I don't have to think about my food for the next few days. I know what I'm consuming. I get to save money. And like, you're seeing all the ways that it benefits me. And yeah, it's a lot harder than it sounds, even though it sounds pretty like straightforward. But but yeah, and... And it's and it's hard and frustrating sometimes because like sometimes you I just wish like I had my own back. Like I just wish I was mm-hmm. like my own savior and my own like um because I guess when you're growing up like you you had your parents like do that for you, right? And to like basically force you to do the things that you're supposed to be doing that's good for you. And but now as adults, like I just wish I was my own parent and like I had that um I don't know. I don't know if it's like self-discipline or like self-control or like just whether it's about like believing in myself and seeing myself as like this person who is, you know, deserving of like a healthy lifestyle or this person who is deserving of good food, good quality food that, you know, sustains her body, you know, things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like, it's- Sorry, I feel like I've been talking for a while. <laughs> No, it's so fine. Don't ever apologize. But even in that relationship situation, right, when you are, it's like with your attachment styles, right? If you're like, for example, used to these like abusive relationships and stuff where you always feel anxious and you are avoidant of conflict and whatever, like it, it's both ways that you can be self-destructive. You can, when things are happy, feel like there's just some horrible thing looming ahead because all the times mm, you've dealt with conflict, yeah. like, you know what I mean? all the times you've dealt with conflict in the past have been horrible and been like huge, um, like huge arguments or huge disagreements that usually never um, hit a point of like 
comfortable resolution. Um, yeah. And 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 then and then and then like and then also when you're in a, like you know you're in a happy and healthy relationship that like ebbs and flows through phases and you know when you're still trying to heal that part of you that's not used to like conflict resolution and like not used to disagreeing with someone but then being able to like talk through that and then like come to a point where you either agree to disagree if it's something you can agree to disagree with i.e pineapples on pizza or whatever or you you know come to a point where you can actually like see from the person's point of view see from your point of view realize that you're both just looking at things from a different perspective not that one person's right and the other person's wrong for example and you know able to yeah go from a place of like feeling a bit negative and not in the like you know that the, the the phase of like rainbows and sunshines and then like slowly work yourself mm-hmm. back up to like a more neutral place you know and like like and and if you were someone that is like used to these very like abusive like toxic and just not great relationships in terms of like dealing with confrontation and dealing with like disagreements as soon as you have one tiny disagreement you'll be like oh my god this is it we're going to break up. Like, we're not meant to be yeah. blah, 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 blah. Because you just haven't... Yeah. You're not used to seeing relationships that go through disagreements in a in, in a in a good way, I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I'm lucky I've never been that way. Where, like, I've never been like, oh, it's too good to be true. You know? I've only been that yeah, way I'm with always one like person. That. And we both know... <laughs> We both know how that turned out, okay? (laughs) Shocking turn of events. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I haven't... I mean, girl, what am I supposed to say? (laughs) Okay, maybe Guys, I know know in the last episode I said I've never been cheated on, but turns out... (laughs) Turns out, bitches, but you know, shit happens. Uh, little did she know. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Little did I know. Little oh. did I fucking know. Anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's like, but, but it's like, for example, like, I think my, I don't know what my response would have been if I found out when it happened. Like, now I'm in a, like, beautiful, healthy partnership you know and like what happened that in the past doesn't really affect how i feel now which i'm thankful Mm -hmm. for but it could could have been a different situation where like suddenly because of that now i have zero trust in people and zero trust in everything and then i'm just continuously Mm -hmm. like nitpicking Mm -hmm. on things that my current partner is doing because i'm suddenly distrustful and like you know and then mm-hmm. and then like that's how I self destruct my own relationship because I think every relationship is gonna end up in that way. Um Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You know? I think I I I do a lot of self destructive things, but like they're mostly just to do with people. I haven't done a self-destructive thing in a very long time. Like a properly, like, emotionally one where I know it's going to affect. <laughs> but, like, I'll do shit, like, you know, eat stuff I probably shouldn't eat and then, like, cry after and be like, no, yeah. everything hurts. <laughs> you know? But, <laughs> but I, I, th- I think the last time I did something like that was um I, like, this person and I had been, like, we had dated before, like, broken up, blah, 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 and then we saw each other after a while, maybe a couple of months, and 
I decided to like spend some alone time with them. And I had like, you know, some of my like family, I had a family friend with me and this was like really late and like, you know, she was like, no, 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 you know, come home with me. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here with this person. Mm-hmm. And then she looked at me and I looked at her back and I was like, listen, babes, I know this is self-destructive. Like I know, yeah. I, I said these words to her, I'm like, I know, I have the self-awareness to know that this yeah. might probably not go down in the best way and I may not feel the best tomorrow. And I'll tell you what I thought I would feel after going into that. So I thought I would go into that situation and spend a long time with this person and then like, you know, the, the typical of like when you spend alone time again with an ex after a long time. If let's say there wasn't like mm-hmm. any particular bad blood, like, you know, you leave yeah. feeling like, like, oh, you know, I miss them. And like, you just leave yeah. feeling a bit sad that you're not together anymore. Bitch, I did not leave that situation feeling like that. Do you know what I left with instead? I left feeling used. Like I was just a body, like a whole ass masturbation tool for this man. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, like, yeah. I went in there being aware of, like, what, like, that that action that I was doing and, like, being there was self-destructive. And I had an idea of what the outcome would be. But, bitch, I was surprised. It doesn't change the fact that it was self-destructive. I just couldn't control the outcome, you know? And, like, yeah. that's the thing with, like, self-destructive situations when you're in is that, like, you go in thinking... Like, you can control the outcome, but you can't. But then you, like, you're back to square one of, like, scrambling and being like, oh, my God, I feel, like, all this, yeah. like, stress or, like, whatever it is that you're feeling. And it's not fun. Don't be doing that, you know? So I don't think I actually... I think, like, that was one of the ways, like, that like that situation made me really, like, s- snap into my senses somehow and actually, like, never put myself in self, like like not like don't like sabotage my own self and my own feelings and my own well well-being for like a fleeting moment of like gratification you know so yeah yeah so that example is just also making me think of like toxic relationships in general and people who constantly find themselves in like these toxic situations and like it doesn't necessarily have to be a relationship Mm -hmm. but just Fight, like, keep, like, going after people who are clearly not right for them, <laughs> myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty, it's interesting cause, like, <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting cause, like, it must be so hard for you to come out of that, you know? It's, it's mm-hmm. so hard to do all that inner work to get to a point where you're so aware of it and you are actually able to do something with it because like I said before like I could be aware like so aware of the ways that I self-sabotage but then you do it anyway because that's all you ever know right and to come out of that I can imagine it just being incredibly difficult and especially if you're doing that alone especially if you're doing that without therapy without a professional helping you to guide you to do all that and that's what like therapists are trained for right to help you see things in a way that you can't see to help you identify these patterns and like there may be patterns that are more obvious and parents that patterns that aren't as obvious you know but all like are under the umbrella of self-sabotage and Mm. yeah and like not just in relationships but also like say like with your work for example you know like you never asking for that promotion that you deserve or asking for that pay rise that you deserve or saying yes to someone when you mean no um, or like, 
you know, putting up or like, you know, not clarifying yourself when you kind of know that someone might misunderstand you and then you don't clarify yourself and then they misunderstand you and then like it messes up a whole project or something. But you know you kind of should have, but then you didn't. Um, And it's all like forms and like examples of like self-sabotage. Um, there's this really amazing video on YouTube. Hold on, let me just pull mm-hmm. up. Um, okay, I have pull it over it here. It's called How to... So just like YouTube, How to perf- how to Transform Self-Sabotage into Self-Improvement. It's a YouTube video by Med Circle, and it's got one of my favorite clinical psychologists in it. Um, I don't know. I feel like you might know who this is. Her name's Dr. Ramani... Um, Durvasula. No, I don't. But if I see her face, I maybe might. if you see her face. So she, she, she's okay. So she specializes in like narcissistic personality disorder. So a lot of her work is around narcissistic yeah. personality disorder, and it's really interesting. And she even appeared on like Red Table Talk. Um, that was like more kind of more recent though. But like I've been like following her work and just like watching her YouTube videos. Like I highly recommend watching her YouTube videos because when you just just listening to her and the way she explains things, especially about narcissistic personality disorder, which can be very complex, but she's so articulate and the way she explains things, it's in such a way where like anyone could understand. Like you do not need to have a psych degree or know like even anything about psychology to be able to understand what she's saying and to see things from a different perspective. And yeah, she's just like so amazing. I highly recommend like checking out her work. Um, and also she's brown, so, you know, gang gang, um, all the reason. <laughs> gang gang! But, so this YouTube video, <laughs> so this YouTube video is actually an interview by, like, the host of Med Circle. I have no idea who he is, but he's, like, always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's interviewing both Dr. Ramani, who's a clinical psychologist, and another, yeah. um, person who's a hypnotherapist. Um, and just that whole conversation, okay. so it's, like, it's about getting the two perspectives of like a clinical psych of from someone who's got a clinical psych background and someone who's got a hypnotherapy background and mm. and I'm not as I'm typically not as familiar with hypnotherapy and you know it is seen as um a bit of a controversial therapy um but but yeah it was just really interesting to see the ways in which hypnotherapy can help you so it's a bit of a sidetrack but but the whole video is about self-sabotaging and it's just amazing. And then they've got some other side videos as well from the same interview that have been like broken up. Um, yeah, go check that out. Um, oh, I want to check this out yeah. now. I'm going to watch this right after we record. <laughs> it's actually so good. It's so good. I was watching it and I was like, like, damn, like this is making so much sense now. And like the way they, I love listening to psychologists and like therapists make sense of things for their clients because it's yeah. like, it's such a skill to be able to do that. And it's just so beautiful. Like I could literally cry listening to like the psychologist <laughs> explain everything. <laughs> so amazing. Anyway. Um, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I think that's one of the like very, like it's their talent and it's their skill to be able to do that. I don't know. I feel like I don't really self-destruct that much anymore. 
No, yeah, I actually that you know I actually of. Don't, no, I'm kidding. Uh, that I that yes, that I'm self aware of. Like you know, there could be things I do that I'm clearly just. I mean, I do overcommit a lot. Like I'll overcommit to like work, thinking I'll not be tired and stuff. That I'm invincible, and then I get to that week and I'm just exhausted. So that's on self care, like, right? Let's just self sabotaging yeah. and self care because you know you need yeah. more rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the one way that I still currently do sabotage myself, my future self. Sorry, Lama, in the future. Um, but in <laughs> terms of like emo, like in terms of my relationships, whether that's with my friends or partners and stuff, I definitely don't think I do it as often. Um, the other way I used to self sabotage is so TMI, but I'm, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's just like, for example, like, um, because I have vaginismus and when I was single, I would oh, try I just knew to... It. Sorry. She, she, I she knows I'm going to... Yeah. I'm going to bring out my problems in life that yeah. I have not solved. But yeah. And I would like, you know, feel like I had to constantly... Not con- Okay, constantly is a very... Like, it's an exaggeration. But I had to... I, had, I felt like I always had to be like in a sexual like relationship with someone it doesn't matter whether it's casual or not but I just felt like I had to do it because I could not I didn't want to deal with the fact that like if I wasn't then the next time I were to like sleep with anyone or be with anyone like it would hurt like a motherfucker even though it it, it, like hurts almost Mm. every time and like but then like I just didn't want to deal with like the confrontation and the uncomfortable conversation of having that with your partner and, like, trying to get them to understand and be patient with you and just, like, all of that stuff. So, yeah, I would just, like, you know, Mm. constantly, like, push my personal boundaries that I wasn't comfortable with and I wish I had asserted my boundaries and been more comfortable with them and actually, like, had the confidence and, like, self-assurance that, like, the right partner would not leave me just because of this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So yeah, that's about it. I don't think I really do much other than that. And I don't even do that that anymore. I'm pretty good at asserting my boundaries now. <laughs> that's good. I'm still working on that. <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of work to do with my like self-sabotaging ways. Um, and that's just the stuff that I'm aware of. But maybe I should make a list and like slowly work on them bit by bit. But yeah... I just, yeah. What are your, what are your, um, what's your advice with, like, imposter syndrome? Because I know that you had, like, a bit. Had. Where you were. Has. Having. Has. Okay. <laughs> Currently have. Continuing. Um, I should get imposter syndrome, yeah. like, tattooed on my forehead. I'm, co- I'm constantly having imposter syndrome. Like, I'm a reformer Pilates instructor, right? And I still feel shy telling people that because I just don't feel like that's me and I don't and I I'm I think my fault is that I constantly rely on external validation too much rather than like me Mm. myself and I and I realize the times where I don't feel imposter syndrome is when I personally feel like I'm doing a good job or I'm doing good work whatever it is and um and I see value in my skill and things like that but the times where I don't like it's like with teaching you know and like for example we had I was I was at a meeting last week where we were just like just talking about um 
you know, it was like a, a meeting like with like lots of instructors in it. And we were just trying to like upskill ourselves basically and things mm-hmm. like that. And then we had to do like, we, we split into blocks and we had to like, um, come up with like a, like a class plan, teaching block and then teach it to each other. And then someone was like, um, pointed to like me and another instructor who, who is like, like in air quotes, new. Um, and it's like, you guys should teach it because you guys are the babies here. And like when they said that, it literally mm. just like reaffirmed my imposter syndrome by like a tenfold because I mm-hmm. just constantly feel like a baby and just like new to it when I actually know a lot more than I give myself credit for. But yeah, yeah. like when they said that, I was just like, oh my God, Kay, first of all, I'll fight you. <laughs> um (laughs) second of all (laughs) no and and it may and it like part of me was just like oh and and it's like I've been teaching for like almost two years now you know um and the Mm -hmm. other person was like granted was new but also like I just feel like yeah that made me feel very insecure and I was like (laughs) okay like don't have to say like that bitch like I'll fully fight you (laughs) if I wasn't in a public space (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah i honestly like, have no you... advice for like oh, okay. <laughs> i don't even know like i'm still i'm still i'm still dealing with it you know and for me like i guess what yeah. helps my imposter syndrome is to like throw myself into like up uh, upskilling and throw myself into mm. doing better and when i feel like i've gained yeah, I think it's, it's just th- throwing myself into learning more and doing better. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, man, I don't know if if there are any counsellors, therapists listening to this. I'm telling you, Starang is going to freaking listen to this <laughs> and then jump straight into my messages and be like, excuse me, man. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, like, do you guys know of good coping mechanisms, good ways to combat imposter syndrome? Like, for me, sometimes I, I, I will physically, like, write down all the things I know. It's so disgustingly cheesy. But that is what helps mm-hmm. me because I have to, like, I have to personally see it written down. And be like, no, you know this. You've been doing this yeah. for this time. And then I sometimes I save good feedback that I get from people in my classes. And I'll, I'll write them down. And I'll be like, hey, this person said this to me today. That person said this to me then. And it just sometimes serves as a good reminder as of yeah. of who you are and what you do and what you are capable of. So, yeah. I feel like imposter syndrome is like the opposite of like a narcissistic personality disorder. Like, you're a narcissistic. <laughs> you just be like, I'm fabulous. I'm everything. Yeah, everything I, I, I do. Right. Everything you I know? do is excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what? What? Um, how are you going to solve this shit no. for yourself? I'm not saying you no. have to fully solve everything. Nah, 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 nah. She's gonna give us <laughs> one, <laughs> way, one tiny thing. Why she's would I going address my tackle. problems? <laughs> Why can't I just like avoid it, right, <laughs> and continue this self sabotaging circle? Oh my God, you know what we should do? I would like the next time we. The next time we record, we should we should identify what our attachment styles are, and then talk about how it manifests oh. in our relationships. <laughs> we're going to do it. I just had a great fun. idea. We're gonna do it. We're gonna that do it. sounds like fun, Lama. <laughs> 
Um, but no, like you're saying, like we really should like find a psychologist to like come on the show and like talk to us about imposter syndrome and also like about shame because I was thinking about shame as well, yes. right? I was thinking about shame, imposter syndrome, and how they all tie into like self sabotage. And I made like a little mind map thing on like my whiteboard. But I just feel like mm-hmm. like we we don't have enough time to discuss it. And I feel like that could just be a whole mm-hmm. episode on its own as well. Um, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, it was just interesting for me to link all of that. Um, or at least, I guess it's a more personal link for me. But yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, like it's your and, own psyche. Like you will have associations that I might not have, you know? So Yeah. But um, but yeah, in terms of like shame, if you wanted to, if anyone wanted to like look into that, um, Brene Brown, OG... Mm-hmm. on um researching shame um yeah. check her out i guess i i i am so fascinated by the feeling of shame in the way that i actually find it such a unhelpful unproductive feeling to feel about anything that you do and i don't know i'm still mm. trying to figure out why i always reject things like when i when i see someone trying to make someone feel ashamed of something that they're doing um, and if, if this is like, I have to like, obviously flag that it's not something that's hurting anyone else. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone's telling you to feel ashamed yeah. of the way you dress, the, the way you identify yourself, um, the way you carry yourself, mm-hmm. the things that you do in your free time, like just all those things. I always find that so interesting because I have always wholly rejected that emotion and feeling as I got older maybe when I was younger like for sure especially when you grow up in like an Indian household like but (laughs) as I'm older now like as soon as someone tries to make me feel ashamed for something the more I feel empowered by it and the more I, I I want to like embrace the thing whatever it is because for me I'm always just like you making me like trying to make me feel ashamed about this is just you projecting like yourself onto me whereas like i feel zero shame doing this you know yeah so yeah 100 percent. we should we should do that i would love to unpack shame oh my god yeah it would be it would be so great to unpack it with the professional though yeah yeah well we'll do it we'll do it um yeah i don't really have much else to add i think any other thoughts, yeah. Alama? No. No thoughts here from this thought. Get it? Do you get it? <laughs> I, do, I got it. It took me a whole second, but I got it. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, if you guys listen to this episode, jump into our DMs and tell us all the ways that you are self-destructive or self-sabotaging you know you can send us a whole essay trust me we'll read it and we get a lot of joy from listening to your story so yeah tell us whether it's in your relationships romantic or platonic you know your friendships relationship with your family the way you your relationship to your food your body your sleep schedule just all the ways that we are self-destructive as people and why we do the things that we do so, and also, yeah. don't forget that we aren't professionals. And oh my God, whatever yeah, we're discussing, it's... Yeah. 
<laughs> it's more like our we're just talking about like I guess our own personal understanding of things and like how we choose to interpret um or make sense of what we go through personally um or like mm-hmm. what we can only assume other people go through but like um yeah you know it's an assumption and it's not like facts so mm-hmm. yeah don't say we didn't tell you so <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, you see know you boo. A, bunch of, a bunch of friends having a little chit chat so yeah <laughs> Don't be taking us for straight facts. Thank you very much. But if you want to, sure, yeah. like that's on you, not on us. Yeah, at your own risk. <laughs> um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Auntie Please. Shia is at at Shia Five, and I am at Natasha J Lama. Um, follow us on Spotify. Leave us a fucking review, you little shites. I'm just kidding. We love you guys. Um, give us a review because as you heard me say I rely on external validation more than you think so give Lama compliments and that's on that (laughs) okay bye bye